Hello, hello. Welcome to the Well Wishes podcast, a supportive space and community where we explore what being healthy and well means to us. Join us, Molly Cutler and Brielle Collins for a dive into practical tools and mindset shifts to help you step into your highest vibe self through heart-to-heart conversations and inspiring guest interviews. From trending topics in wellness and nutrition and dating and relationships to deep inner work and self-development, we're here for all of it. And if there's one thing we want you to walk away with from this podcast, it's knowing that you're not alone. So come along with us for real talk about life's beautiful and challenging parts and for some absurd moments that we (laughs) promise will make you laugh. We can't wait to have you along for the conversation and let's go. Yala. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. How are you? Welcome back to the Well Wishes podcast. We're so happy that you're here and we are really excited to welcome a really special guest today. Woo-hoo. So we are so honored and delighted to have Maxine Anders Isaacs with us. Maxine, hello. Hello, ladies. We're so thrilled you're here. From the beginning, confession, I was from the beginning saying, okay, one of the first people I want on as a guest is Maxine. And here we are, episode nine, and we made it happen. So we're deeply, deeply grateful. For those of you who don't know Maxine, um, you should know her. And officially, she is a somatic breathwork therapist. But we know each other, Maxine, from the studio days. Not that we taught together, but you were holding a lot of really unique uh, workshops around breath work and healing, and now you've expanded that to breath work and focusing on the nervous system. So we're going to dive in. I have a lot of questions. We have questions from the community. I hope you have a good three hours to sit with us, Maxine. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is part one of the Maxine breath work episode. Okay, so Molly, you want to start? Yes, yes. So to dive right in, Maxine, what is breathwork? Do tell us. So (sighs) breathwork is, I kind of see it as like an umbrella term Mm -hmm. for anything which is working with the breath. Um, today the name breathwork is thrown around all over the place mm-hmm. and ultimate because there's so many different ways that people are working with the breath right but ultimately it's just an umbrella term for anything and any way that someone is bringing the breath into awareness and whether it be through a more active or a more passive way of working with the breath it's working with the breath bring, giving it a platform the breath and for people to understand the power of the breath Mm-hmm. So that's that's and there are many different types of breath work. Mm-hmm. Can you start mm-hmm. by sort of explaining maybe like your story again, three hour long episode, your story, <laughs> it's quite a story, because you've you have, in my opinion, my humble opinion, you I really think about you in the sort of spiritual wellness, holistic realm and Tel Aviv and you know the perimeters out of Tel Aviv as truly like the expert you have been dedicating your life's work to this for how long 
Well, I started my journey when I was 22 years ago, but breath, Uh um, because originally I was like an acupuncturist and a body worker, Mm -hmm. but the breath work I brought in about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so you want me to, how I'll Mm -hmm. give you a little bit how I got into it. Yeah, we're sitting on the edge of our seat. Yeah, well, originally how I got into it is I had been in two quite bad car accidents one when I was 21 and one when I was 23. And this is how I kind of got into all of this at quite a young age, because in England at age 21, I was the weirdo. No one really knew what the stuff I was into and going to healers and trying to understand what was going on. Um, It was actually my father who brought me into this. He sent me, yeah, my dad sent me to someone. So it was a natural evolution that I had been, it was very slow, they had a pace to it. I was exploring more and more, learning more and more. and then I heard about this breathwork course and I was the sort of person who went with my intuition. So, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds fun. And buff, off I went with a friend and I was in this space and everyone was screaming and crying. And I was like, oh, this English girl, grown men, army men, I'll never forget holding a teddy bear. And like, oh, wow. it was like, oh, this is an interesting world I've come into. Wow. And no one knew, no one knew what was um, like where I was going, the things I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was in this training program and I, went quite consistently with it and then I went on I did like the levels and went on to the master program which was over two years um, in gaps not like consistently with a breathwork therapist called Carol Lampman Mm -hmm. and it was integral breathwork therapy and she was amazing she was a very very wise woman and she was one of the women she was from America who was coming to Israel at the time Mm. and teaching um, and I learned so much from her it gave me the groundwork I needed and it was, I was just amazed again and again by what was happening. Like, What was happening, can you share? I think what was so amazing for me is, I feel we live in a society, and this isn't just about breath work, this is just mm-hmm. generally, we live in a society, and especially then, where people were walking around carrying so much, mm-hmm. and no one was really communicating it, it was just being left in the body, in the mm-hmm. cells. Mm-hmm. And I was witnessing how, with some breathing in certain ways, how we could actually access things that we weren't necessarily conscious of. Mm-hmm. And I really believe and believed that part of healing is not healing what we know, it's it's going into the blind spots, it's the totally. non-known. And right. that's what the breath is so powerful at doing, it's the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious mind. And covering what we don't even know is there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was again and again, I was seeing it and, and witnessing these spaces that were being created or I was creating for people to remove the masks and be real. And yeah, it's not just the breath work, that's part of it, but it's also just, it was a decision I made. I really wanted to hold spaces where people can be real. Like that was like enough of everything else and just, and the breath, complimented that immensely love that actually you know I wanted to ask how does breath work differ from meditation or is it a type of meditation again it depends who you ask I will tell you how I see it um I see that we most people probably who know about mindfulness meditation I'm going to kind of compare it to that for right now sure breath work that I'm doing with people and again we'll get to there later I'm sure I've changed how I'm working but how I was trained and how I started and it's still it's an active 
breath work. We're not just observing the breath as it is. We're actually activating the breath. We're using, um, we're, it's an active process. And meditation quite often, and again, it depends what meditation, I don't want to mm -hmm. box anything because nothing's to be boxed, but can often be a very still process where you're just observing what is happening. Mm. So I found that back in the day, like 10 years ago, when people were less open than they are today, sometimes the breath work, which was more active, was needed to kind of get some movement, mm -hmm. expecting people to just sit in what is when it's a lot of pain, trauma, stress, mm -hmm. was almost impossible for some people. But if you can get some movement going, it, it helps the process uh, for some people. Other people are able to go there straight away. Yeah. Does that mean that the breath work is always sort of intense? Like you're saying it's active. So is it always an intense breath or? Or maybe you can explain a little bit like what modalities you're using or is it like if you're focusing maybe Maxine on like a theme, you know, like shadow work or working on trauma, does that the breath methods you bring into that workshop differ than if you're aiming to mm. release or wake up a different aspect of emotions within mm -hmm. the students? Or work on anxiety or something. Yeah. So I guess the first thing is to say that how I was working even five years ago and mm -hmm. how I'm working now is different mm -hmm. because what I felt was needed then and what is needed now is different. We can't ignore what's gone on in the last few years. Yeah. But, you know, it, we have to take things like that into consideration, mm -hmm. which means, and this is my personal, I, it's when I'm, what I'm going to share with you is how I do it. Doesn't mean it's the right way. It's just how I do it. And of there's course. many approaches and, but I'm much more conscious right now in a group experience um, than of how I, I work differently if I'm working with a group than if I'm working in private practice mm -hmm. because we co-regulate and we have to take consider the nervous system and how it all affects each other. Um, so I work differently in a group than I do in private practice. Having said that, um, I even, each person who comes to see me, <laughs> I can, some people, I will start with more somatic experiencing. I won't even go straight into the breath work. If, if someone is very dysregulated, going straight into that, I, I don't want just a cathartic experience. I want them to be regulated. And sometimes also when we're breathing, um, I was used to, it was quite strong. Yes, it was quite strong and activating. Now, in between, I pull it back, come back to the resources, titration, I bring in the components of somatic experiencing into how I'm working with the breath because unless our nervous system is in agreement with all the movement that's, we, we don't want to blast the system. Mm -mm. And right. we want to make sure to, to hold space for the nervous system to organize whatever is happening. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that's the biggest change in my work. Um, is it's very difficult. It's not like if someone has anxiety because I've, um, you know, from a polyvagal perspective, if someone is coming and is in a complete dorsal state, really, really shut down, they may need something different than someone who's walking around in high sympathetic of state. Of course. And these days I'm more interested in working with the parasympathetic as opposed to activating too much in people, where with most people, not everyone, there's a lot of movement as it is. 
Mm. Right. I mean, this isn't, I'm not a breathwork person. I do incorporate, I, I love pranayama, but this is exactly how I approach my one-on-one lessons too. It's really quite intelligent, but basic, you know, it's like the old way of like one size fits all really is not a sustainable method. Um, when, when you're talking about the, like the healing benefits of the breath work, is that like you're talking about it in terms of how you see a shift in people's nervous system or there, is there like a whole range of healing reactions that come up? I mean, I can imagine, again, I haven't actually done uh, an experience with you, but I, I remember coming to the studio afterwards and being like, there was huge trans, like it energetically, I could just walk into the studio and be like, there was huge transformation yeah. that took place in this room yeah. tonight. So do you, is do you find like these are the types, the ranges of like healing reactions does there tend to be like um a typical one or i would i just think it's interesting for people like to hear you know not maybe you sharing exactly people's deep personal stories but like really how deeply powerful and transformative breath work can be so when I was doing them at your studio I remember that Mm -hmm. time and it was also I was mixing with it it was in a dance as well Mm. And I understand exactly what you mean. Um, and interestingly, big shifts were happening then. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's what I'm more focused on is, is I want it consistent, integrated and slower. So they can carry it yes. with them after. Yes, exactly, not just have this pounding Got experience. It. And then they feel amazing. And things, you know, for some people, we have to understand everyone has their own window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it's that's it. They're fine, you know. But I'm thinking of every single person in the space. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've only just started doing groups again mm-hmm. because I feel like it's it's the right time now. But for a period, I felt it could it was better f- with the work I'm doing because it's very strong. I was doing one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in terms of the healing benefits, I mean... I've just witnessed so much transformation in people. Like people come to me insecure, not know, knowing who they are, with layers and layers of masks of what they're presenting to the world, riddled in anxiety and stress, um, all different ailments. Um, I, I'm, I, I don't want to talk about physiological ailments, mm-hmm. and t- but it it will affect any stress-related condition. Mm -hmm. If we've got organic things, they're organic things, but often with organic things, there's still stress around it. Mm -hmm. So working in this way can still help that. But it's, I see people change. Mm -hmm. Like I see a lot of like really become more embodied, really more grounded, really more connected. Maybe a part is also sort of has dissolved or there's been parts that they've shed. There's more space Mm -hmm. because they've shed so much in such a way that it's done that it's not like just dropped away. It's it's done very intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I get, I get. I got a message on Friday from someone. You, you all the time. People set, messaging me saying like, just gratitude. Like something's. You know, it's not like I can say it's one thing mm-hmm. that's happening, but something they're changing. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it does take commitment, and I, and I always am honest at the beginning with people. Don't think you can come here and there and to pop. It, it takes commitment, and it takes a willingness to to meet yourself. 
Well, that's what I wanted to ask, actually. First of all, that's incredible. It sounds so powerful, and I really want to come to one of your workshops <laughs> or work with you one-on-one. Um, but, yeah, what does it take to, for people to see results? Is it consistent practice at home on a daily basis? Is it What does it look like with breath work? So, again, because I'm, I, I, I have to say this is a breath work podcast, so I'm talking about breath work, but I bring in family constellations. and You're I bring, layering. Yeah, I'm layering it with I do all different things. It's not just one thing alone. I'm a student of life. I will mm-hmm. never stop learning to know as much as I can to help people. Like, it's, I love it. I love mm-hmm. learning. So I bring whatever in. But what I'm, what I'm, the first thing I normally notice from people is they just feel a bit lighter. They can't explain it. This is often the feedback. I just feel like there's more space. I feel a bit like I have more lightness in my body that they didn't realize they were heavy before, mm. but suddenly there's, they've got more awareness of what's going on in their system. Um, so that's normally the first thing. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I didn't respond or get triggered by that. Mm. It, that's, so it's more things like this. They're like, normally that would be my biggest trigger. Mm. And that is, and that's just from like, let's say weekly sessions, you add in more commitment in your practice, your daily life, more awareness of how your nervous system feels. And it, it, it can be, it doesn't have to be a lengthy, long, long, long process, but it also depends on, I always say to people, I have to meet you and know what's going on. Like we have small T's and we have big T's, small mm-hmm. traumas, big traumas. I don't know, it depends on each person and what they're arriving with really. But change is not doesn't take long to say, in my opinion. So are you doing something, Maxine, like let's say for more one-on-one where like you're sitting with them, you're learning what they've sort of come to you to work on, to heal, to release. And then do you give them like breathwork homework to, to work on in between? Or is it just sort of encouraging them to just be more aware day-to-day of shifts between the sessions? So again, I do give homework, uh-huh. um, but homework will be different depending on each person again. It's not of like course. I give every single person do these breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some specific breathing techniques that I think are helpful for people. Um, but for me, it can be, I will always give homework where I feel it's needed and not necessarily straight away because first we of need course. to get adjusted into the process. It can be a lot. I'm exactly. Sure. Even just one session, they need time to integrate. Mm-hmm. I always tell people to get a journal or a mm-hmm. book and to mark their process. Mm-hmm. It's because then it's really nice to look back on where we began yeah. and where they at. But sometimes I will ask people to go to the sea and do mm-hmm. some this ceremony or, you know, it really depends on what we're working on. Mm-hmm. It's not one fits all, like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But breathing techniques can only be good. Right. It's just I don't want to overload people with too much. Right. So I would only, you know, where it's needed. Something I keep thinking about, this is not what we've prepped, which is typical for me, but something I keep thinking and hearing as you're talking is this idea of, um, she's like my teacher's teacher, Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen. She's the founder of Body Mind Centering, oh, yeah. and how she talks a lot about like you cannot force a person to heal something until they are ready to heal it. And I, I'd be curious, like I feel like organically that's your approach with breath work. Yes. Um, can you explain a little bit more of that? I'm f- firstly the biggest thing I say to people is. I am here to support you. You're the boss and your mm-hmm. body is in charge. It's not, I'm not pushing anyone mm-hmm. beyond their limits because 
what's the point? It doesn't. Right. It doesn't do anything for them. Truly. Flooding their nervous system. It's. it's, it's we, that can actually be a re-traumatizing experience. Uh-huh. Correct. So we're very much listening. I'm encouraging them to like listening to the whispers of their body, mm. and to really start noticing and understanding. We're not looking for big drama here. Mm-hmm. We celebrate every little change, every little thing that in the past maybe they'd be like, oh, but no because every little change makes a big change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really about honoring each person's system because some people don't even know what's happening with their nervous system. And there might be a reason it's like this and it may need more time to build safety. It may need more time before it feels okay. And that's why in the somatic world, we don't even say resistance. Mm-hmm. We honor where someone is at and we work from that place. Mm-hmm. And love that everyone's different yeah it's the only the only way that we can really approach change i think is to meet people where they are and for them to meet themselves where they are and like you said no one can be pushed and there have been a few times it's not many but i have had a few i have had a few people who've come who don't get it don't get really what i'm doing and and i and i really trust that that's okay because not one fits all for everyone totally and then i'm very happy um and there's some people who who talk therapy is more appropriate for for a period of time before and i will send them there and then they you know or i have a colleague um who does polyvague so if i don't feel i can i'm i'm not interested in in you know i i can't do it for someone so then i refer them to someone i feel could maybe that's sure. the other thing I'm thinking about is like this is a nice depending on where a person is in their their sort of threshold of energy of healing because like it can be a lot if you're just sort of embarking on the journey and you've opened up the shadow of a trauma. But what I am also thinking about as you're talking is like this is so complementary to talk therapy. It's like you're working on different layers and it's maybe not so intense if you balance the two. Hundred percent, and I, I don't know if you know. I've been working with Lauren Isaacs, um, who I do body sense with. She's mm-hmm. a was originally a therapist, then trauma and trauma therapist, and does polyvagal. Mm-hmm. And we work together on a number of of cases. We are either like I take them for a period, and then she takes them, or we do alternate weeks. Or we, but we're we're working in conjunction mm-hmm. for this exact reason that there's some people that it's. Um, they don't really understand the, the body stuff and, it, and it, they need more time or that they there's a reason they've been disconnected and they need more talking before they can go there. So we, we do it more gradually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking it's been a while about my own healing journey and I had a lot of trauma I had to uh, unpack in my mid-20s. We can save it for another episode. Molly really wants me to do it. Um Molly's the boss. Molly's the boss. I just work here. Um, (laughs) But it is very true, this idea of like all of the different modalities that just me organically as a mid 20 year old, I was layering that just sort of organically, I just gave myself permission to um, explore. It was working with a healer. It was talk therapy. It was yoga. It was meditation. It was ceramics. And so it is really lovely the way that you're introducing maybe people to this idea that like bringing in breath work as another layer of their healing journey is it's only a win-win yeah exactly 
And I think that they will complement each other. We need Correct. to work as therapists, as a team more, because especially with trauma, it's not enough just just it's not enough just Correct. talk therapy and it's not enough just body therapy and it's mm-hmm. not enough just yoga mm-hmm. or diet. Absolutely. It's all of it together needs right. to be brought in. And, and this is the integrative health approach. Exactly. It's the mm-hmm. future of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yes. Having a, a full team that exactly. works together. That's my that's my absolute dream. Totally. Me too. As a health coach and nutritionist, I it just seeing how powerful it can be for someone to have you know, their primary care physician and their breathwork facilitator and their nutritionist and their physical therapist and everyone is in touch because people, you know, we need a multi-pronged approach, you know, so, um, so why, why is it that you think that people don't breathe properly? Oh, such a good question, Molly. (laughs) We came up with it together. But thanks, <laughs> but <Brie>. it's good. <laughs> we did, or you and Maxine? Me and you. Oops. Oopsie. <laughs> well done, you. Um, I think there are many reasons why people don't breathe properly. I think that it can start all the way from what happened in the birth experience. Totally. What happened in, yeah, you like this one, don't you? Oh, yeah. I know, I can feel it. Anytime we're talking about in utero, you know, yeah. I'm their baby, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah, so there you go. So it's, it, it can have an impact, absolutely. Sure in how someone's breathing. I think that the environment we grow up in obviously has an impact. Um, I think that, I always say this, if you think of a baby and you see the flow of their tummy, obviously generally it's not every baby, there's a movement Mm -hmm. and it moves. And then you get to a toddler who's upset, something's happened, upset them and you suddenly, (gasps) Mm -hmm. the breath starts being held. And then you get to a young teenager and they're embarrassed, something's happened, they're Mm -hmm. feeling awkward, not feeling good start holding it a bit more Mm. and then because you know and then the shame gets locked in and then Mm. a bit later something happens a car comes out fast that Mm -hmm. you know this isn't even with the shocks that we have in in or whatever can happen um constant being at home stresses in the household especially right now corona times all the children who've Mm -hmm. been absorbing all of what's been going on Mm -hmm. and then you have by the time we're adults most people are walking around breathing but of course they're breathing because they're alive Mm -hmm. but the capacity of which they could be breathing is not enough and we need to bring more breath into our body also physiologically to oxygenate our blood Mm -hmm. it's not healthy that we're walking around and during Corona, I think it was the whole Black Life Matters movement, and they were walking around going, "I can't breathe, I can't breathe." So true. But it, it's it's also we, we don't want to be saying things like "I can't breathe" as an affirmation. We want to like mm-hmm. we want to be "I mm-hmm. can breathe," mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. it's really important. And because we're not naturally breathing as much when we're working, I think something you asked about kids watching TV, things just I'll bring it because it makes sense. It's not people are not that when they're concentrating or lost in a uh, uh, <laughs> lost in a um, screen okay they're not breathing not because they're stressed well they are kind of stressed their nervous system's like in the state of like am I going to score am I going to get it what like if they're doing a video game yeah like children okay. or watching TV like they're lost they're not grounded like when oh, people are on breathing. autopilot yeah Wow. That's what it is. If we're not breathing, we're not grounded. If we're stuck right. in the head or in these places, we're not connected to our body. We're somewhere else. And that's why, you know, people like La La Land, mm-hmm. where are you? Mm. We've got to come back. The breath is the quickest thing that brings you back into your center. If nothing else, when you're in a day which is very stressful and you're feeling overwhelmed, 
Find your breath. It will automatically help root you, re-anchor you. Wow. So essentially what you're saying is that our entire lives we're experiencing these little T's or these little traumas that compound into kind of bracing, sort of, right? Just holding, holding this rigidity in your body that... And that's why I love somatic experiencing because we're not just grounding, we're actually discharging the energy. Mm. That's for another time, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying like there's, we can actually discharge and catch ourselves and regulate our nervous system, which is happening anyway, but we can become more active in that process. Love that. Wow. Um, I'm flying off the cusp, which is what I do. Can you talk a little bit about uh, fight or flight mode and breath work? Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be like another five hour episode, but, you know, break it down simply, Maxine, for people listening. Well, I guess what can happen is when you're doing strong breathing, especially mouth breathing, we have mouth breathing, which is and we have the, the nose breathing. Often the mouth breathing is connecting us more to the sympathetic nervous system. Okay. And as you're doing it more and more and it's intensifying and you're bringing the energy through your body that can be recognized by the body as fight and flight for, for a period. And it's okay if it then goes back to regulation. We, mm-hmm. It's just the problem is when people get either stuck in that fight flight mode, sometimes they need a bit of that to, to, that, to create that expansiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, however, again, um, it depends on the window of tolerance of someone because doing something like that for someone can lead them straight into a strong tetany, which is when everything gets very stuck they will come out of it when they stop breathing. But we we don't want to re-traumatize someone. So it's finding the right amount without it flooding the system. Um, And if you breathe through the nose, we're more connected to the parasympathetic. So that's again why I said in group environment, I tend to these days do through the nose and out through the mouth. And one-on-one, to be honest with you, most of the time I'm also doing it through the nose now. Yeah, And I just feel good about it. Like it's just my own personal, there are many breath workers out there who aren't and are doing very strong with the mouth and that's for them but I'm the yeah. approach that I after all these years mm-hmm. have resonated and I can sit peacefully in at this time on the planet mm-hmm. is this way and the results are coming so mm. it's very interesting because one of the things we've been you know sort of chatting about off off air about the the comparisons and overlap between breath work and pranayama pranayama which is yogic breath work and what you're saying is really interesting specifically about this is there's a type of pranayama there's dynamic and non-dynamic there's all types of pranayams but there's one that's very popular called kabbalah bhati and it's shiny skull breath and it's an inhale through the nose and it's out through the mouth and there's an activation in the uh, of the agni of like the fire in your belly and your navel and i don't do it and it's a very popular one but it just feels like very depleting and it does not feel good in my body and it's interesting because nobody has ever explained it in the sense that you have that that's activating sympathetic the mouth one yeah Yeah. yes and that's about window of tolerance that for some people they will love it and they'll look at the stuff I'm doing like boring you know (laughs) it's not no really like it's very Uh, yeah yeah. but it's about knowing who you're working with right Totally. You know, I, I, uh, it, the, the power of the breath in a positive and negative way is unbelievable. I remember one time I, one time I happened to see 
some influencer on Instagram recommending, it was a few years ago, um, recommending this, you know, breathing technique that's super, you know, energizing. And I was feeling sort of tired and I decided to try it. And it was a mouth, it was a very intense exhaling technique. I did it and I ended up feeling so dizzy Mm. and my heart was beating really fast and it took me like at least an hour to start feeling better and I felt terrible Mm. and it really freaked me out and it was and it's exactly what you said it was very very activating in a negative way for me. And I think that's the point. Some people will go towards ones which are very strong and that's great for them if it works. But it's what I really want to empower people is to listen to what their body needs. Like you said, that didn't feel good. You're free. That's not for you or not at this mm-hmm. time. Things mm-hmm. can always change. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be attached. That that's how it is forever. Exactly. Yeah. I know for me that I did a lot of strong breathing. Even when I was pregnant, I was breathing the whole way through. And at this stage in my life and where I'm at right now, I feel much better doing a more somatic way of working with the breath for myself and for others and that's Mm -hmm. it so Maxine do you so what I'm trying to say I'm going to get myself there is that I too with my students and my community am finding a shift in the practice of yoga I have a lot of students that will say, I've lost my practice, or Brielle, I used to be so much stronger in my practice, or remember I used to be able to do all these things, and I'm like, we ha- you have to leave that at the door. Yeah. You have to let that go, because mm-hmm. as I approach yoga, and I'm, I wanna see if there's a parallel to what you're doing with breath work, there is just so much collective trauma that on a day-to-day basis, what we are trying to navigate and manage, maybe comparatively speaking to what was our life three years ago, it's like you're on this uphill, you know, every day is much more uh, draining or consuming of your energy than maybe what your life was like three years ago. And I, for me, I feel like that's what's going on with a lot of my students. It's like, well, they're going through huge life transitions or there's been a huge awakening or they're shedding a part of themselves or this has triggered and finally brought up to the surface a very deep trauma and it's like you're trying to be a mom or you're trying to be like you know a nine to five you know co-worker but in the meantime this whole other layer of your life has like come up to the surface and we only have a certain amount of energy in our body and so that's what I'm noticing like some students it's interesting have gotten very strong and more dynamic in their practice and it's like something has awoken in them and this is how they're navigating the changes or the traumas or the shifts but for the majority my practice has come down a bit in terms of energy level yeah no i think you i think you're listening to exactly what's happening right now in the collective mm-hmm. and just like I've adjusted how I'm working you're adjusting how you're working and I think that we can't deny what's going on mm-hmm. and we can't pretend that we can do things the way we used to do things because that's how it was done and just keep going doing the same thing again and again um, and not looking at what because we're living in a time we've never been in mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that it's just being smart like when you're working with people now realize meeting them where they're at like what we mm-hmm. keep saying and understanding that it's a game changer we're, we're, we're playing a different field now it's not mm-hmm. the same as it was then so true. and and that's why I don't do the unit dance groups there it doesn't resonate at this mm-hmm. point in it's not it's 
so much has come up for people. I mean, I work with people every day. I can from the therapeutic place. Like, it's insane what people are going through right now. It is, and I think some people's they're still in that sympathetic push, push, push. They're yes. not even hit them yet. That's so true. And just because it a might lot look of resistance to exactly. that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really hard for people to accept that we change and evolve, and our needs change and evolve. Exactly. And because it's it's not only is it hard to kind of see yourself change but it's hard to find new solutions to find what you need now and it's it's a you know life is all about that is sort of realizing that we're always evolving and we're always needing to adapt to that and what might have worked for us two years ago or four years ago doesn't necessarily work today and that is a challenge and it requires work and it it requires meeting yourself where you're at, accepting that you've changed, your body's changed, and and figuring out what that is now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be best for you, and it's tough. Yeah. And I see that a lot in my work as well. Um, you know, people going, I don't understand. I used to feel X, you know, and now I feel things are so much harder for me, or I used to eat or behave in a certain way, and now I don't know why, you know, and it's just like... Yeah. We need to realize that that's okay. We can't compare ourselves Mm -hmm. to our past selves. Um, So with your work, you know, it's like, or rather with people maybe wanting to get started with a breathwork practice, like, or already having a consistent practice, how do do we adapt? How do we figure out what we need? How do we know? I think the starting point, as I said, is starting to listen to the body. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that we can go through the days everywhere and everywhere else, but but listening to what's going on and understanding that our body is always giving us signs. It's always information. We're just not listening. And it will get louder and louder until we start listening. Mm-hmm. And so I would firstly recommend um, throughout the day to just do some check-ins. The simplest, most basic, most boring, you know, as in like nothing exciting. And just stop and notice where's the tension in my body right now like is there tension because often like I can stop now in this moment I'm having a lovely time with you I can notice in this moment my breath my chest there feels a slight constriction I can feel a slight tension in my shoulders so just by noticing that a breath comes and I didn't really have to do much I, I was able to regulate by noticing what's actually happening and everyone is having what's happening with me and I practice this regulate we're all walking around having moments of mm-hmm. holding so let's start noticing or take a breath take a moment just slow down a minute see what's going on I think that's the most important step now there are breathing techniques that one can do yes there's box breathing there's breath different breathing techniques we can do for feeling anxious but the reality is we want to simplify even even before you know we can add that in but it's building a new relationship with your body like realizing it's we're in dialogue and mm-hmm. let's 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 build that dialogue and let's get curious and let's start honoring like i, I think i said outside to you before i will never forget doing a process when in my se training someone walking towards me and my head was like oh that's nice i feel good but then I really stopped and I noticed my body was having a completely different experience in that moment. There was like, 
it, it was, and that's happening all the time to people. Our heads will be like, oh, it's fine, it's my friend. Why would I feel, th it's always like, is this a threat? Is it not a threat? The nervous system, that's how it works. And noticing when your body's constricting means your nervous system is, is seeing a threat. And like how in that moment we can soften again and the more we do it, then it doesn't accumulate the tension, the stress and everything else. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say is the most important starting point. Mm. Maxine, do you think breath is contagious? Yeah, because it's like- I just had that thought. Love yeah. that question. Yeah, well, if you think co-regulation, yeah. we're all affecting each other. We're a field of energy. Yeah. So we can feel like there's a softening in the room, right? Can you feel it? Like it's just something like we've all, and it's it's we're all co-regulating, and the breath for sure. That so, and, and yawning. If people yawn, why is it everyone else yawns? Exactly. Yawn yeah. is a sign of discharge. Ooh. And often in somatic experiencing, we're waiting for the breath to come. We're waiting for a discharge. We're waiting for a yawn. All different things. And most people are like, oh, hiding a yawn. Yawn. I always <laughs> tell people, be free. Yawn. It's brilliant. Yeah. So if you're like, I'm thinking like living in Manhattan or like London, where it's just like sensory overload, really young <sighs> energy. <laughs> <It's not> regulate. <laughs> like, it's interesting to think about, you know, I guess like if we started to like observe ourselves, I mean, I don't know if people are really traveling much anymore, but like how you're breathing when you're in nature or how you're breathing in the office, or how you're breathing with like your friend who's like super chill and laid back. Like, does your breath work pick up and catch the breath or the energy around you? I always notice how people are breathing. I can't help it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like comment on it, but I can see if How's my breath. Yeah, I was I about to ask. <laughs> how are we I breathing? Can see, I, so I, I won't say anything like that. I mean, you're breathing beautifully, of course, it goes without saying. But <laughs> but what I mean is that I can be in Pardes Khana, which is where I live, uh -huh. and I can I notice like when I come back from Tel Aviv for a day, when I go back to Pardes Khana, it's like ah. Oh. Uh -huh. I feel the difference uh -huh. big time. And I think I notice when I'm around, but I'm sure most people can if they tune into it. I can be in a space with people and you can feel when someone's t tight, like you, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? And, and yeah. if you're sensitive and an empath, suddenly oh, yeah. you're like noticing that you've become tight and like. Well, I, I try not to, but I have to work really hard to keep my energy going yes. because that energy is really, really strong. So exactly, and it's really taking care of our field, like taking mm -hmm. care of ourselves, and knowing mm -hmm. that and creating a bit of- Energetic protect. boundaries. Yeah, right. exactly, learning that. Mm -hmm. And as for London, I'm going in two weeks for the first time, well, I went for a weekend, but in three years for a month. Oh, so I'll tell you after London yeah, how I know. feel. But You're gonna come back with like an oxygen mask on Maybe, <laughs> quite possibly after being with the London craziness and visiting yeah, it's everyone. very it's high, high intensity in these cities. That is a very different energy than Pardes Khanna. Yeah, exactly, yeah. trust me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, what about working with children in breath work? I laugh because I, I uh, the dance with my children, I have two boys. Okay, I, I how old a, are they now? I have an eight-year-old and a ten-and-a-half-year-old. 
Okay. And they're not so interested. Uh-huh. I've had to accept it. And it's like two steps forward, five They'll steps back. Two steps oh. forward, five, ten steps back now. I've gone too far. <laughs> Oops, sorry. And we even giggle because it's like, I've gone too far, haven't I? Am I? And he's like, yes, mommy, stop now. Um, but I have had a few, like, managed. They do breathing. They both could know how to breathe. And they will often, like, sit there and show people that they know how to breathe. No, they know. doesn't mean when they're on the screens or doing mm-hmm. something they remember. Right. Mm-hmm. But they know how to, to do work with the breath. We do, we've done it like at night time and one will put their hand here, one here and they will do And belly and heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also um, if they, one of my eldest son particularly has come home with a lot of energy or feel angry, mm-hmm. um, he had a difficult birth. So mm-hmm. what we sometimes do is he will push his, I let him, we push hands against and then we wait for a moment and we see what happens and 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 he discharges so mm-hmm. sometimes wow. i've got a catch moment it sounds a bit more like it's a moment uh, and i don't get many <laughs> it's moments. a fleeting moment it's a moment like don't know but, but that did happen but it's not as many moments as i i would like more moments mm-hmm. but i have to control mm-hmm. myself um they'll wow. find it if they want their way right yeah i mean but what i find it really interesting I, molly and i were talking about this a long time ago when i said from the beginning i really want maxine on the podcast is that Breathwork has exploded. Yeah, it's like it's trending, such a buzzword. and it yeah, this is a total buzzword. Mm-hmm. Um, even you know, when I got into yoga, I was introduced to it in high school, and then I got really into it, like maybe starting in twenty. Around, I was twenty three. Um, so like when I was into yoga, I just got into it. It was like all about yoga, which is yoga is not just the physical practice that's actually asana and then I started to practice meditation and then meditation exploded you know mainstream and I really feel like pranayama or breath work is like the next tier of this sort of um phenomenon of these like sort of holistic modalities that are really making its way into the mainstream vernacular When can you talk a little bit about like you've been in the breathwork world for so long? Like, what have you noticed? How long did it? How like when you started? Were you like a freak? You know, where, from when you got into it so early on to now, what does that look like, or what has it? How has it changed? Well, I think when I, as I said, when I was doing it, no one really knew what I was up to. Like, really, no one knew, and and, and I what I. Because I'm quite old school, when I qualified, I was actually doing acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And I got, I did 60 sessions for free before I started wow. charging. I took, I think it was, I took 10 of my clients. I said, listen, I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really like wanting, because I could see how powerful this was. And before I started wanting to put like charging, I wanted to make sure that I felt really confident in mm-hmm. it. It's the old school way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I started doing it and it was just like when I did it the first number of years, no one at all was doing it uh-huh. except for me. Acupuncture. Breathwork. Oh, breath work. oh, oh okay. Cause and I, yeah, no, no, no. And I basically, my whole practice went to breathwork then. I stopped acupuncture because I understood that for me, I wanted to dig even deeper than just, and I, I, I don't love needles, even though I was an acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't probably the right, you know, I love the detective side of it. Mm-hmm. But what I really wanted was to get beneath, like not just, to really get to the roots, which mm-hmm. is I really, that's my passion, to explore what's really being held in the body. Mm. Um, and no one really knew about it. And I guess that 
a lot of people like for now that I know training in it are people who've been experiencing it like a lot of my clients right. have gone on to becoming some type of therapist or mm-hmm. breathwork therapist and in a way it's like it's amazing like how it's spreading and it's the natural evolution but I do hear sometimes like I have clients in America mm-hmm. and they'll tell me about breathwork classes they go to America and I don't even know what they're talking about like sometimes it's, it's so fancy today that people are telling me I don't even know what's going on anymore like I just kind of keep my head down do what I do and I come up and I, I don't even know like there's so many tweaks and they're adding this to it and they're adding this to it and they're adding this to it with the bre- like the cacao and then adding this to it and adding this to it and a bit of plant medicine and it's like it's, it's like <laughs> I don't even a whole know. other episode yeah I don't even know what's going on anymore to be honest with you because to me the breath is so powerful and simple right? so simple. you're a purist yeah it's so simple right and it's so it don't like the whole idea is we don't really need Anything but the breath, really. I don't need to take ayahuasca every day when I'm breathing. <laughs> Maybe once a month. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so I don't really know what's going on with this explosion. It's like wow. got complete. So I just keep to my own lane, doing what I'm yeah. doing, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and I and I found what works for me. And I salute everyone who's on their mission exploring a breath work. But honestly, sometimes I'm hearing things. I'm like, I, I really don't know what this is. I really don't know what's. Wow. But it's amazing that also it's got a lot of men, like the Wim Hof method. Oh, my God. People who wouldn't normally do it, because they're people who are doing it purely physically, physiologically, and they're coming into it that way and then seeing the benefits on mm-hmm. everything else. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's not for me, but mm-hmm. does but I can still appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So what... What can what's something that our listeners can start doing now if they want to get involved with breath work? I mean, what can you recommend? You know, because there are so many teachers and workshops and options. And where where does one start? Um, I think firstly they can do their check ins. They should start getting to know their body as something they can do at home. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I guess it's the truest answer I can give you because I don't know where all your listeners are. It's to go either to a session or a a private session or a group session with whoever's near you and and see where it resonates because it's not just the modality. What I've, it's not just a breath worker. You, it's it's the resonance with the person who's holding the class or holding the course or holding the private session. That's the most important thing that you feel safe, that you feel you trust them, mm-hmm. that you feel supported. And um, the reality is there's going to be a billion sexy flyers out there of different, totally. and, and you're the only, that's the thing. I don't even, it's it's not even, you want to, you're going to have to go and try a class or an experience and see if it feels good for you. Um, I would find out if you're going to a group, how many people they're planning to hold space like how many people are going to be there how many how much support will be there because mm-hmm. you know festivals where you've got loads of people you know that again some people that'll be fine for others if you're very sensitive maybe that's not the right place for you to start your breathwork journey mm-hmm. and if you're uncomfortable then it's the best is to do a one-on-one to get comfortable with it and then go to a class because you already have that confidence that you know more what to do and also to know about the different they're different types you've got you know lots of different types of breath work if you want something stronger or you know or it's not stronger but more more active or dynamic exactly got it and is there anyone that you believe breath work is not 
right for or that you have to be really careful with like trauma or you know very good question there are some contraindications to breath work Mm -hmm. um people who have glaucoma who have bipolar schizophrenia Mm -hmm. multiple Mm -hmm. personality disorder Mm -hmm. unexplained higher blood pressure Early pregnancy, I put like in brackets because anything early pregnancy, you should, you know, you don't want to be sued for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've got any health conditions or, or epilepsy, seizures, mm-hmm. just because you're going into a slight altered state yeah. and you want to be careful. If you've got uh, a lot of trauma or you're, that you're aware of, I would probably recommend starting with a private therapist before going into a group experience. Yeah. You'll get more support. Someone who specializes in trauma-focused breath work, or um, I mean, it's, yeah, I would listen. I went back to study a few years ago and got really up on becoming more trauma-informed because I was recognizing that people were coming with things that I felt, even with the breath, out of my depths. I needed to have more trauma awareness, and with that trauma awareness, now, yes, I think if you are carrying a lot of trauma, that to work with someone who's trauma-informed yeah. is really important. I would really like to emphasize that. Um, because I feel like when things start to get really trendy in the wellness world, um, people are calling themselves healers and people are, uh, which is cool. Some of them are actually genuinely healers. Most aren't. Um, and I, and so for me, if I were to suggest some, a student to this, like they were interested in exploring, like I would really recommend them doing a little bit of homework on the facilitator and how seasoned the facilitator is. Because even the fact that after 20 plus years, Maxine, you still are being responsible and continuing your education. I I don't know if that's the norm right now with this breath work trend. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I think from my own life experience, like I've lived, this mm-hmm. this, this system has lived, it. <laughs> she's lived. And so I, I know the importance through my life experience of being trauma informed. So for me, it was a, a natural evolution because mm-hmm. I won't go to spaces if I don't feel safe, mm-hmm. yeah. I've had reactions to it. Mm-hmm. So I think it is really important. And I think you're right, look into the facilitator. You have to do the work, don't just go buy a flyer. Totally. Right. Because if, if a practitioner is going to help you go deep, they need to hand, be able to handle yes. what might come out. Absolutely. And I think most of, you know, many don't or right. can't. Well, the other thing is also we don't always, and this is, I'm just I'm aware of the times, just mm-hmm. from the, we don't always need to go boom straight into the trauma. Yeah. There's, right. there's this, you can there, dip your toe. You can move from the edges and make a difference without, mm-hmm. like there's ways to do it that it doesn't, we don't need to suffer. Mm. Yes, we need to go deep and we have to work through Mm. things, but we've suffered enough. And we want to be gentle to our nervous systems, not give it a smack in the face when it's already had enough smacks. Totally. You know, so that's the thing is that you can do it with breath work and it can penetrate very, very strong and very, very deep. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we need to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What a smarty pants you are. Life experience. (laughs) So Maxine, we always end with something called our well wishes. So it's anything that you sort of want to offer up to the community, something to leave them with thinking or an offering, a reflection. So let me just take a moment, tune in. Take a breath, Maxine. Yeah, take a breath. Take a breath. I want you to take a breath. Is, is breath important? <laughs> nah. Um, I want you all to take a breath right now. 
that's mm. the first thing to just take a breath mm. yeah and then just to bring that awareness the, the breath awareness that's what i wish for i wish for you to understand that we have this within us it's something that we all have we don't need to go and pay for it we don't need to buy it mm. it's something that you have it's accessible and it's free which means no matter anyone's circumstances you are able to to meet this inside and the more you befriend it and befriend your nervous system just life will be more manageable mm. so my wish is for you to connect to your own body's wisdom and to understand you are the healer of your body it's the truth mm -hmm. you are the healer i'm my healer you're your healer you're your you know this is it and we really are and that's what we want to empower people back to understand we're just facilitating they're the healers beautiful Amen. befriend your nervous system gosh i love that it's not mine it's actually deb denan's from polyvagal but i love it too <laughs> should quote <Love> <laughs> Wow, Maxine, this was so lovely to yes. have you. Thank you so much. And Maxine, where can our listeners mm -hmm. find you? <sighs> in Pardeshana. Um, <laughs> no, we'll I, tag well, your okay. Instagram. I will and send. So I will send you my Facebook um, body wisdom. I'm not very. I haven't got a website. It's going to be created soon. Right. But I have a Facebook page, um, and I don't really have an Instagram page yet either. Um, but what is your inst your Facebook? But the page? one, the main one for Facebook is Breath Wisdom, Breath Wisdom, or Body Sense for the Nervous System course. Okay, so it's, it's, those are the two I'm using. But I am getting a website after 22 years. Amazing it's time. Got to grow up. Got to grow up. So well, Maxine Anders Isaacs. We're so, so, so thankful that you joined us on the podcast today. We learned so much. Truly, thank you. And what um, a treat. Thank you. It really was. Thank you. It's really fun for me too. Mm, thanks for Thank everybody you. out there for listening. And we hope you're inspired to start breathing. Yeah. See you next time. Love you all. <laughs>